0: We begin this first Sunday of Lent. We understand that the church gives to us three different ways or three different practices which we can do in our lives to prepare our hearts more fully and to celebrate Easter when that time comes. And there are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. I know Father Tom last weekend talked about the importance of prayer. This week we're going to be talking about fasting a little bit about what it is, a little bit why we do it, a little bit about its history. Now, the people of Israel fasted once a year. The entire nation of Israel fasted once a year on the Day of Atonement. Some of you probably have heard Yom Kippur. It's the Day of Atonement of the Israelite Hebrew people. It was on that day that the high priest entered the Holy Holy of Holies of the Temple. And it was there that he offered the sacrifice of atonement for the people. So once a year they had this grand feast of atonement The people of Israel. And to this day, uh, they still do this practice. They still have it as a day of fasting. Now, of course, you and I, as Christians, as people of the new covenant, our reason might be a little bit different. And one of the things that I think is interesting is why some people choose to fast. Some people practice fasting because they think that it will make God pay more attention to them, they think that it will bestow upon them God's favor. That God will love them more if they fast. That couldn't be further from the truth. Because the reality is, God always is paying attention to you. He already loves you. He already looks upon you as favor. And there's nothing that you can do to earn that any more than he already gives it. So we cannot look as fasting as some kind of a transactional relationship. As if I do something and God is going to give me something else. If we look at it like that way, we're looking at it wrong. So... Why do we fast? What are the three reasons? I'm going to have three reasons today why we fast. The first is self-mastery. The first reason why we fast is self-mastery. So think about this. If you had to do everything that another person told you to do, and you couldn't say no, you could not say no to everything they told you to do, what would you be? You'd be a slave right? You'd be a slave to them. You couldn't say no to them. Now some people live their lives in some particular areas in which they cannot say no to something. They cannot say no to their senses. They cannot say no to their appetites. And when we want something, we have to get it. We have to do it. We cannot say no. People who experience this are slaves. They're slaves to their senses, to their appetites most often revealed in the form of an addiction. So what does that do? It makes us slaves. We know that Christ has come to set us free, hasn't he? He's come to set us free. He's come to bring us freedom. So, if I want to actually be free, freedom entails the ability to say no to some things. I have to be able to say no if my yes is going to mean anything. Christ comes to set us free, and it's not just evil things that we have to say no to, but it's sometimes even good, legitimate things that we have to say no to. We need in our hearts this ability to say about something, yes, I'm hungry right now, but I don't have to say yes to this. I can say no. John Paul II said that if a person is truly capable of love, If they're capable of making a gift of themselves, they have to be in possession of themselves. You have to be self-possessed to be able to make a gift of yourself to another person. If we're always merely guided and really hamstrung by our appetites and our senses, we're incapable of being able to love to the full extent that God asks us to be capable of loving. Love demands an ability to be able to say no to some things. Fasting is one way that we can exercise that. Self-mastery. The second reason why we fast is for the sake of obedience. People who grow in their relationship with the Lord, who grow more deeply in friendship with God, come to understand that He is Lord of their lives. That He is truly Lord. And that everything in our life must be properly ordered to him. And that everything must be given over to him. And it's not just this notional assent of, I love God in my head and I have these good thoughts about him. Like there is something about my behavior that changes. There's something about the way I live that's different. That shows that I'm actually obedient to the Lord. And everything that he's given to me, I can only give back my obedience to him. So the church gives us these two days of fasting, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, two days of the year in which we're required to fast, as a little sign of being able to say, yes, Lord, I'm obedient to you in this moment, and this day, I'm obedient to you through this gift of fasting that I make to you. So the first is self-mastery, the second is obedience. The third reason why we fast is, is fasting, in itself, if we do it for the right intention, becomes an act of worship. Fasting becomes an act of worship to God. Pope Benedict XVI said that the heart of all worship is truly sacrifice. The heart of all worship is sacrifice. Think about it. If you really show your deepest love to another person, you show them how much you are capable of sacrifice for them you really love someone, you're able to sacrifice something for their good. Be able to sacrifice for the sake of the beloved. And fasting can be an act of worship to the Father. Saying, Lord, I choose you in this moment. I choose to love and worship you. Not just become entirely obsessed with my own appetites. Self-mastery obedience and worship. Now it doesn't always have to be something that we're just giving up in a sense for the Lord. It truly is something we do give up for the Lord, right? Now, some people think of fasting as I, uh, I'm going to give up food this day so that I stand again and lose, lose a few pounds. They may think I can lose a few pounds or people would say I'm going to give up TV so that I can have a little bit more free time. I'm going to give up video games so that I can do something more worthwhile. But if we think about it that way, we're actually missing the point, right? Because fasting is not primarily about myself. It's about this act of worship that I make to God the Father. Here's the thing. When you and I unite this little pain that we experience when we fast, if we do it rightly, there shall always be this little bit of hunger that we have and we're denying ourselves when we unite that pain and that suffering to the cross of Jesus Christ, it actually becomes an act of redemption. Paul in the, in the scripture says that I make up in my body what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ, meaning that he is able to offer to Christ his own little sacrifices and suffering for the sake of the world. That God is able to actually redeem the world through him and with him. And that God's work is, in the end, not entirely complete because there's still a time between now and the end time in which God will make everything perfect and everything will be brought to its full glory. There's still this intervening period in which we can do work and we can cooperate with God's grace, bring about in a deeper way in our own lives and the lives of others and those we know this work of salvation. The fasting is a tremendous, tremendous gift that's given to us that helps us to grow in holiness. Fasting, right, if it's done right, involves this pain of a sting of giving up something, even sometimes something good, for the sake of a greater good. It could be from the television, from the internet, from food, and even some people they do something called a heroic minute. And they fast from a snooze button in the morning. They fast from the snooze. Say, ah, oh, I could just sit in bed and I could be really comfortable for another five minutes, another ten minutes. But they say, no, the very first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is going to be an act of sacrifice for the grace of God. And I'm going to wake up as soon as that alarm goes off. And I'm going to plant my knees on the ground and I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to say a prayer. That's a little... Fasting, if you will, that's a little act of sacrifice the grace of God. The fasting is also a response to what God has done for us. Saying, Lord, you fasted, you've sacrificed, enti- you sacrificed your entire life for us. Here is this little tiny thing that we can do for you in return to show our love for you, to show our gratitude for what you've done. Tremendous gift. A gift that gives us self-mastery. A gift that helps us grow in obedience and docility to the Holy Spirit. And a gift that is finally an act of worship to the Father. In all of this, all of this fasting, everything that we do, is meant to help us grow more deeply in love. To help us to grow more deeply in love with the Lord. When we come to the celebration of Easter, our hearts may be aflame with joy for what God has done for us and the resurrection of his son from the dead. Little bit acts of love, little acts of fasting, can go a long way to help us grow in holiness. They're intentional and they're deliberate. And doing so can allow God's grace to work more fully within our hearts. and response. to it. So just pray this day and every day for the rest of Lent. That we may be motivated more and more by a spirit of love, a spirit of fasting that purifies our hearts and allows us to celebrate truly what God has done for us.